0: The Start On
1: On Demand
2: More travel restrictions thanks to the Omicron variant. Are you modifying your travel plans? Advent calendars, elf on the shelf. It's December, which means we can start to celebrate some of our favorite holiday traditions. Although are some of them getting out of hand? The Western final is on Sunday we'll speak to a Winnipeg sports super fan who's going to both the bomber game and the Jets game and have you ever had a moment in your life where you stopped and thought wow well, I'm getting old I'm Brett McGarry alongside Greg Mackling and Loren McNabb we are Mackling McGarry and McNabb and this is the Wednesday December 1st podcast for the start Mackling McGarry McNabb back after a couple of days off and freshly astrophized Loren. Yes,
3: I like it. You're welcome to the club, my friend. That's right. You're part superhero, part (laughs) pizza eater. I don't know. It's just welcome. Welcome. The t-shirt's in the mail.
2: That would be my superpower, just to inhale uh, (laughs) a, a very large amount of unhealthy food while I take a couple of days off. I didn't take the days off to get the booster. It just so happened as I had the days off, I thought, Holy smokes, my six months are up, so I should probably do this on Monday so I don't have to worry about it Tuesday in case I felt any symptoms. And? For the most part, okay. I was a little groggy. I think maybe a little feverish. I don't know. I just felt groggy and kind of weak. Like I went virtual golfing with a friend yesterday, and even just going to play, you know, goof around, (laughs) playing golf indoors for three hours kind of took everything I had out of me. But that's it. And I was still a little sweaty, this morning when I got here. so But otherwise, it was fine.
4: Yeah, you got a certain glow about you today. I don't know if that's the vaccine or, or just the sheen of the, of the sweat rolling down your face. I just
1: like that
3: in passing. That was, I'm a little sweaty this morning, but other than that.
4: That's kind of weird.
3: Perfectly normal.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the glow could be a sunburn, too. I got uh, out for a couple of walking days. Nice. I always forget that I should probably put on sunblock in the mm-hmm. winter as well.
4: Right? Yeah, I think a lot of us forget that. Also, um, good reminder, Brett.
2: I, of course, after getting the booster, I'm wondering, is this thing going to work against Omicron? Um, but as a, as a sidebar on this Omicron thing, I just wanted to mention this because I felt like such an idiot yesterday. I was on Twitter, and it, I finally realized that it was Omicron, not Omicron. And for the, since that word popped up, I think mm-hmm. it's only been around for a week, every time I have seen that word, I have inserted the letter N in my brain, I was I saw the word Omicron every single time, Loren. I
3: I I said to you I was the same and the debate that was going around Monday morning as we worked to Figure out what this variant was going to bring us was it's, it's it's a serious thing to be considering. It's just that the word had people flummoxed, like how are how's how's the World Health Organization saying it? What about Nasi? What about Health Canada officials? And I think Greg, but by the time we got to noon on Monday, we had five different emails on mm-hmm. reminders of the ways to <laughs> pronounce right. it, and and which is fair. You want to get it right. At least we didn't call it the South African va- variant because now we're learning that this variant was actually detected maybe earlier in Europe, and it just so happens that South Africa's excellent scientists were the ones that, you know, figured out the genome sequencing and were the ones to disclose it and all the rest. But let leave the countries out of it, right? Because it becomes this blame game of, oh you guys you started with you. So we'll just stick with Omni. Omni OMA OMA.
4: Well and that's the other part of the discussion is the is it Omicron? Is it Omicron? Uh in the in the States. Brett and I had a short uh, kind of interaction on this this morning, Omi, oh Omi, oh and I've heard it both ways uh, from respected journalists, uh, but I think we've decided in our circle here at Global News it's going to be Omicron, correct, Brett?
2: I think so, but I found another one. Oh, no! I you mean it,
4: since we discussed it? I found No, but the, the other
2: one that we discussed was Omicron. Oh yes! I, I went to YouTube and looked up how to say omicron. You'd be shocked at how many videos there are on this already. But there was uh, it, it was uh, how to say it in British English, and the guy broke broke it down. You know, this is a Greek word, and showed the syllables and the you know the phonetic things they put in dictionaries. That like how are I, how am I supposed to know what that means? I but know. he says it's omicron. Omicron. Oh, my- I like uh, that uh,
3: better. I, oh my, I like that better. You know when they put those, and we do this often for one another in our scripts when we have names and we try to phonetically help each other spell them out or do them like a dictionary would, it it never helps me. Like I, When it breaks it down with those dashes and stuff, like yeah. it's still like, oh, muh? So you're doing a muh or a ma. A meh? Hey. It's you there. Yeah, but it's hard on the U. Muh. Well, there you not go. Not muh. You're like, I, come on, man. I'm like, still that's
4: trying not to, helping me. I'm still trying to figure out, Loren, if a hard G is guh or a hard G is juh. After all these years. What's but the hard to, sound? What's the soft sound?
3: But if you were to spell that out for like, to help somebody out, would you put j like G U H or would that be guh?
4: That would be guh. And or then G E E would be G. No,
3: that would be G, but it wouldn't be j.
4: No, it would not be j.
3: <laughs> but what's the hard sound? What's the soft sound? Because someone just turned on right now. All they heard is it would be j, but it would be G. It would
2: be G. <laughs> um, also very exciting because the western final it's been locked in for so long it's almost here and uh, we're going to talk to somebody at 9.35 who's going to both games on Sunday but GMAC uh, as it pertains to the bomber game that crowd noise
4: Let's get it! Yeah, let's bring it, as the Bombers are saying. Adam Big Hill tweeting out about 11 o'clock last night. Bring the noise, as he retweeted Darren Cameron's tweet, which said that over 29,000 tickets have already been sold. And, of course, the conversation about the crowd, the impact the crowd noise might have on the game, was a topic of discussion between head coach Mike O'Shea and Bob Irving on last night's coaches show.
5: We've got the loudest fans in the league. Uh, We would... Obviously love to see them prove it again several times during the game. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, if they keep the uh, hot toddies flowing or hot chocolate or tea, whatever your warm beverage of choice would be, it'll uh, loosen up the vocal cords and you can they can scream and yell for us.
4: Hot toddy!
2: <laughs> I don't want a warm beverage. Just give me a beer. I'd, I'd take a beer and then, then it'll be cool. It'll keep it uh, nice and Cold and didn't you, Loren, you said you went to a game uh, yeah. and it was like kind of slushy almost.
3: It was the Eastern final in 2011. And I have a photo. I'll try to find it of the beer. It was funny because it was in those old stadium, those old metal seats, freezing my Batinsky off and uh, <laughs> the beer froze over like it fully had to put my finger in it to crack the top.
4: I had a hamburger that day. It was bare it wasn't even warm. It was like it was it was cold. It was like a hockey puck. They had it wrapped in tin foil. I don't know when they cooked this thing, but I took two bites out of it. Never before had I thrown away a hamburger, but I did wow. that day. Yeah. It just did not work. So uh the forecast, um Starting to get, I won't use the word dicey, but Saturday, I'm looking at the forecast from Environment Canada. They're calling for periods of snow and minus four during the day. And then night, it just says snow Minus 10, and we're going to uh, get David Phillips on the program tomorrow just to find out how much snow are we talking about Saturday night because I mentioned in our internal chat if it's a substantial amount, it could pose some issues for the bombers in terms of cleaning out the stadium, keeping the field free of snow. So,
3: well, I remember Wade Miller shoveled back in the Heritage Classic when they were getting the rink ready? I think that was the game, was it not? There was something that I remember seeing the whole bomber staff out. For one particular game. Oh, that
4: might have been the game after uh, the game after the snowstorm on the Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, that a couple might have been ago. it.
3: Everybody was out there, all hands on deck. Like, well, someone's got a shovel, so from the top on down, shovels came out.
2: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. Just want to quickly thank Brandon for sending us this text. We were talking earlier about Omicron, Omicron, Omicron. Well, he sent us something from Futurama and the video, uh, which is labeled from November 26th, how to deal with the Omicron threat. And uh, just listen to this.
6: People of Earth. I am Lur of the planet Omicron Pussy I eight. We
1: demand
2: justice. <laughs> I don't know what the rest of it is, but I just thought it was funny. Gee whiz.
4: <laughs> I looked at it immediately immediately thought, oh boy, the Simpsons have predicted the future again, and then I'm like, oh no, that's Futurama. Yep.
2: <laughs>
4: Anyways, well, like, see, that's chances? where people's
3: heads go. That's crazy.
4: <laughs> so, Brandon, thank you
2: for that. That was a great laugh. I and said like a him,
3: real episode. It's not like someone just made that up in the last 48
2: hours. Yeah, it's a real episode. So I, I thought it was a meme that someone had just created. Uh, I said, is that really in the show? And he says, you betcha it is. So there, big smile on my face I love that. those
4: cartoon uh, alien voices, too.
2: And the, <laughs> the, the, the guy's name, Lur, is L- spelled L-R-R-R. So thank you very much for that, Brandon. Hey, we got a couple show announcements today coming up one at 705 and then another one at 805 and we will have tickets to give away uh, for both uh, for the first one we'll have tickets this week and then for the second one we'll have tickets tickets next week and in our next segment we'll tell you how you can win tickets for the western final now as the holiday season approaches more people plan to travel abroad there are new restrictions to consider
4: global national anchor donna friesen walks us through some of the changes
7: anyone entering the country by air even those who are fully vaccinated will now need to do a pcr test on arrival and self-isolate until they get a negative result the only exception is people flying from the united states The time frame for this is not clear. The public safety minister admits it will take time for airports to organize and it may be expanded to land borders.
2: We are also working quickly with provinces and territories to determine how we could expand testing capacity to include all travelers from all countries, including the United States, from both land and air if needed in the future.
7: As well, three new countries have been added to the list of nations from which travelers are banned. Nigeria, Malawi and Egypt. Canadians or those with the right of entry to Canada who have been in those countries must quarantine and be tested on day one and day eight.
3: So that was global national anchor at Donna Friesen. And, and I have to admit, when I heard this yesterday, it came down, you know, in the afternoon, the fact that there's these new rules for coming back into the country with the exception of the states. I just thought, ah, here we go again. And I get it. I get what they're trying to do. They're trying to slow, uh, the spread of this variant so they can get a handle on just, you know, how big the, of the concern is, or is it going to be like the others? Will the vaccines be effective and all the rest? I get it. But just personally speaking and thinking of those who do have family outside of the country, I haven't, you know, I have family I haven't seen in two years now. And I was making plans because the vaccines allow us to make plans. And then you got to add this into the equation and you just think, "Ah," like it just feels like this never ending wheel, but I, I appreciate what's going on. And as Global's Eric Sorensen explains, you know, when we compare this holiday season to last holiday season, there is that difference. There is the vaccine as part of the equation. And as Sorensen put it on Global National last night, the vaccines don't make this impenetrable wall, but they are a wall of sorts.
5: The head of Moderna, one of the biggest vaccine producers, says Omicron's many mutations may render vaccines less effective. Given the large number of mutations, it is highly possible that the efficacy uh, of a vaccine all of them is going down. But Pfizer is still bullish on the current regimen. This
0: uh, drug works for all known mutations, including the Omicron one.
5: Infectious disease experts agree the current vaccines are working.
6: We're not seeing the catastrophic um, situations now where uh, the hospital beds are 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 about to exceed capacity. So, and I think a lot of that is because of the vaccination.
5: It could take a few weeks before scientists determine whether new vaccine boosters are needed or would help.
7: The aim, the task at hand is to delay the dominance of the variant in Canada as long as we can. We just need to get ready and face the music. Once Omicron becomes dominant, we probably need to intensify our response a bit.
5: That could mean wearing masks more often or reducing capacity again in crowded places. Still, Canadians are better protected this winter, and Jeanette Purser will take advantage of that.
8: We didn't see our daughter and her family last year. It broke my heart, so we're really excited about it this year. Everybody in our family who can be vaccinated has been vaccinated.
5: And getting vaccinated, say scientists, remains by far the best protection. Eric Sorensen, Global News, Toronto.
4: So there we're comparing this holiday season to last, but let's compare the current situation to where we were in March 2019, and some may see what happened in the last 24 hours or so as an overreaction, but I think if we go back and search the memory files if we go back to March 2019, most of us would suggest we underreacted at that point and might have done a better job in mitigating the initial spread of COVID-19 if we'd taken stronger actions toward those traveling from the United States, interprovincially, or from around the world. So I, I, I think I'd prefer the overreaction right now and get it right, and understand what Omicron is all about before we uh, kind of throw up our hands and go, yeah, the vaccines work on this. I think we want to know, not guess.
2: Mackling McGarry and McNabb, today's conversation for the Western final tickets that we'll give away at 9.15 shall be inspired by a tweet from Jeff Braun, who said... So it's not my ears after all. Well, it's still partly my ears. Jeff, what was this all about? Do we have Jeff Braun, Mr. Fortier? It was about... Yeah, I'm here. Okay, go ahead. Hello. We can hear you. Go yeah, ahead, Jeff. Yeah, no, it was, about, uh, it was about how you can't hear movies anymore without turning the subtitles on. <laughs> Something that I finding happens to me increasingly as the years go by. So, quick poll here. Loren, do you use the subtitles when watching TV?
3: uh not all the time but quite often and particularly like if the if the movie has a lot of fast moving dialogue i prefer the subtitles to keep up
4: greg no my bifocals don't allow it <laughs> what oh, i got a <sighs> Adjust my head, Forget it. It's not even worth it. You got to find the sweet spot to read them and then you can't see the screen. Pro- no, I do not. Oh, wow. I why, that's okay. so
2: funny to me. Um, and uh, Jeff Forte, what about you? No, I do not use subtitles. Okay. Uh, I found that it, with, with um, the show Elementary, and Jeff Braun can attest to this. The, Sher- the Sherlock Holmes show that was on CBS, that one I had to use the subtitles because he would say words I'd never even heard, like Tommy Rot. Or uh, I I'm like I don't even know what he's saying, so I need the subtitles. And then I just found that it's gotten easier. I have a sound bar as well, so they're, they're good. They're decent stereos, but they're not the best for dialogue. But it has us asking the question, why can't we hear the dialogue? Why do we need subtitles? Are we getting old? So that's the question. What was the oh, boy, I'm getting old moment for you? When did you finally realize you were aging? Or maybe there's a thing that your parents do or used to do that you now do. And that moment made you realize, oh, no, it's happening. Uh, And a heads up to all. We're all in separate rooms here still. Just a heads up. We can go to 657 uh, this morning. So let's start with uh, Cameron Poitras. How about uh, what's your moment, sir?
1: Well, it it came just a little while ago when I just when I've discovered how much I loved a good steam. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh. Love a good steam. I'm I'm steaming at least twice a week now. Where are you this doing this? Bride. Don't You're worry. Don't oh, worry about where so I got. I have locations. Do not be concerned. <laughs> uh, in the closet with the tea kettle. though? Uh, <laughs> numerous locations. I I, I span the the entire country. Uh, no, uh, like I've fallen in love with going for a, a dang good steam I want it to be 150 degrees in there I want to bring in a, my my bottle of water and just suffer for about 15 minutes and I get out and I feel fantastic so I realize that I I've, but I will say this old people uh, or, you know it's a stereotype they go for steams they know what's good they know that a good steam is a life-changing event everybody should do it and I yeah that's
2: when I discovered yeah, I'm becoming an old man. So is it st- steam and sauna. That's not the same thing,
1: right? Yeah. yeah no, I, I steam. I don't sauna. No. Okay. Oh. I, I, God forbid you sauna. <laughs> no,
3: he doesn't want to dry. He wants to be like like on oh. un- barely able to breathe. Thank you, Loren. Yeah, Absolutely. where you think to yourself, I should get out of here before I die. But then you think,
1: but that's when you double down. More seconds. That's when you double down, and your yeah. head starts. You start to feel the your your the veins
2: in your head <laughs> pumping. That's when you know you're getting it really good. About 20 years ago, maybe more, I went to uh, Mariagi's, this theme suite hotel, uh, with this girl I was dating at the time. And uh, they had a steam function. And um, we tried it. And I basically panicked. It was like, I can't breathe. I, 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 I want out. Let me out. So I kind of ruined that moment.
3: <laughs> I, I have so many questions for Cam. This is going to derail. But I've been to some different bathhouses. And I, I think it was Hungary. But... Are you? I've been a to one, I've been to one in
1: Budapest. I went to yeah. one in Budapest. Well, loincloth, no loincloth. Okay, you're, yeah. you're covering up in the steam. <laughs> oh, right? I, yeah, I cover up. I'm, okay. I'm a little I'm a little shy, but yeah. <laughs> Some people aren't shy, and I I, I, I want to get I, I try to get away. But that's just the way I am. I mean, if that's what you want to do in the sauna, that's up to you. Or the steam, that's 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 your prerogative. But I cover up. I'm shy. So. Shy
4: has two uh, meanings in this context.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jeff, Ron, What's your moment? Significant
1: shrinkage. Um, <laughs> no, it's hot in there. There's no <laughs>
2: shrinkage. Um, for me, it's uh, it's a thing my mom
0: had complained about for years, and I never understood it, but now I do. And it's if I eat. Anything after seven o'clock that isn't a fruit or vegetable, or if I have even like a sip of an alcoholic drink after seven o'clock, uh, it ruins a whole night's worth of sleep. I'll be restless all night. My stomach will feel off. It just it's just not happening. So I mean, it's you know good health wise, I guess, to not be snacking at night anymore, kind of thing. But uh, it's a bummer.
2: I I will say this, Jeff Braun is one of the most disciplined people when it comes to maintaining an appropriate routine. The nap schedule is never strayed from. Uh, I salute you, Jeff, because I'm a disaster when it comes to that kind of stuff.
4: Greg Mackling, what about you? Well, I'm getting a kick out of Ruth's text. It just came in. Good morning, all. According to my children, the sign that my husband and I are old, 51 and 58, is that we listen to you all the time on CJOB. And I had somebody say this the other day. Someone is in their early 30s and said and said that to me, that that was the sign that they were getting, and I, this is, listen, this is not your grandfather, CJOB, any longer. I guess for me, it started, and I think I've shared this before, but I'm going to share it again. It's when I tie my kids' skates, and I have this vision. I can remember my dad tying my skates, and my dad always wore a scarf in the wintertime, and he would do this thing with his chin where he would hold The scarf while he was bending over to tie our skates, and I can remember the first time that I did that with one of the boys, I had my scarf on. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm turning into Ross, which, of course, if you're turning into your parents, then that means you are becoming old, even though my dad isn't really that much older than me. So uh, (laughs) that was the moment in time that it really struck me. Should also point out one of our most loyal
2: listeners is 16 years old. So, yes, uh, good point. Je- Jessica, was that her name? Lorenzo? Jess, yeah, In Jess. high
3: school still, or just finished high school, I think. So, a yeah. uh, teenager for sure. And yeah. she, and texts all the time. So, yeah, we got a young crowd. And you know what? I'm fighting the good fight over here. I'm not getting old. I'm going to pretend it's not happening.
2: Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah,
3: except for my kids <laughs> this year challenged me to races. Like they're pretty competitive. Yeah. And when you realize you can't beat your, eight and ten-year-old anymore in a running foot race is when you realize you're old. And here was the other one for me is, I used to always say to my husband at Christmas time, like, or birthdays or whatever, I never want you to get me an appliance. Like, I'm not you know, 85. I don't want you to get me like a rice cooker. You know, like, do n- never get me an appliance. That's not surprising. It's not fun. It's indicating that I'm supposed to cook or clean for you. And just last week, he said, any ideas for what you want for Christmas? And I was like, you know, <laughs> I was thinking I'd really like one of those roaming vacuums that just like goes around the house uh-huh. picking up stuff. And then I thought, oh, no. Here I am. <laughs> there it is. No fun, Loran. Crossing the Rubicon. For a vacuum. Well, yeah,
1: I, I was going to say the same thing on like presents. Like I get extremely excited now when I get like underwear or socks. And I was thinking, you know, for Christmas, I wouldn't mind getting some new pillows. Like I'd be extremely excited about that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, uh, my dad was saying, what do, "What do you want for Christmas?" And I'm like, "I don't know." And he said, "Well, can you give us a list of ideas?" And I was just struggling to find an idea, and I put down air fryer. Because oh. I want to get on the air yes. fryer train, but I don't want it. Now that I think of it, I, I sort of regret that because I don't like getting stuff like that for Christmas. It's it's good and it's practical, but it's not fun.
3: Yeah, that's what, <laughs> you need it, but I don't want like I don't want things I need.
4: Buy it for yourself. Yeah.
3: Although, Brad, I also would like to experience the air fryer. So if you get one, you can invite us all over. We can test some things, and then I can decide if it's, a, if it's for me.
2: Well, here's the other thing, too. Given how little I cook, the likelihood of this gift actually being used it's, anytime in the next 10 years is uh, very small. It'll it's always look brand It's going into that cupboard new. you
3: can't reach. The, the cupboard that nobody uses. Yeah.
2: It goes above the fridge, and you'll be like, what's
3: in here? I have a fondue set? When have I ever fondued?
2: Let me present to you a relic of the past from 2021. We call it an air. Fryer. We have four fondue (laughs) sets in my house. What
4: haven't used one of them?
2: Kling McGarry and McNabb, we've got a cool show announcement. The Sopranos in Conversation, three stars of one of the most iconic series in television history, behind-the-scenes stories and laughs with Stephen Sharippa who played Bobby Bacala, Bacaleri, Michael Imperioli, who played Christopher Moltisanti, and Vincent Pastore, who played Salvatore Bonpensero. He had a nickname on the show. We can't repeat on the air. Big <laughs> <laughs> something,
1: other? Really?
2: Yeah, exactly. Friday, March 5th, 2022, 8 p.m., club region event center and we will have tickets to give away this morning and for the rest of the week on the start also of note imperioli and uh sharipa recently wrote a book called woke up this morning the definitive oral history of the sopranos and they've got a podcast talking sopranos which has new episodes coming every monday so that's pretty cool sopranos in conversation so shopping christmas shopping holidays i uh I will admit that over the last, say, 10 years, and maybe this is a byproduct of getting older, but I have admitted that I try to get out in front of this a little bit because I don't enjoy that panic, even though I feel the panic is part of the, the seasonal rite of passage. I don't like getting to, say, December 15th and realizing I haven't
4: bought anything yet. I always used to joke that I saw a group of people only on December 24th and only at Polo Park. But I, like you, Brett, have matured on that front. And I'm actually already done my Christmas shopping. But this week, an email was sent to our newsroom that went in part like this. With the silly season of Black Friday, Cyber Monday, in the rearview mirror, we can all take a collective sigh and let our guards down. Just kidding. A new month of shopping exuberance is upon us.
3: Yeah. And how to control that is part of the problem. You might be ordering things online and then worried that things aren't going to get here. So then you double down and go to a store and you, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out what to do with shipping delays and supply chain and all the rest. And dollars might be stretched thin for many of us. So we're bringing on Lori Campbell, financial expert with Bromwich and Smith to get some tips and curbing our spending. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. So let's talk about, you have, you know, there's 12 days of Christmas in the song. You have 12 financial blunders of this holiday season. We might not be able to get to all of them, but let's start with some of the key ones. If I'm heading out the door today or tomorrow, what should I be doing?
6: Well, the first one you mentioned is overbrying. Oh, my gosh, how many times do we go and buy something online and think, oh, you know, it's not going to get here on time. I'll just buy a backup present. And then you buy another backup present. So stop shopping when you're done and if you're shopping early enough you should have a problem with shipping and making sure that you get the items that you want for Christmas so that's number one for sure. Another one I love is for keeping up with a rich relative. How many times do you go to your family's house or your parents' house, and guess what? Your sister has bought the most extravagant gift for your parents, and you've bought well, like what you thought was a very nice bottle of wine or whatever the case may be, and you feel like you're just not measuring up, and therefore you start to one-up each other until it becomes so ridiculous that you can't afford it.
2: It can sort of have. I, I find uh, I kind of get this way if I'm in a relationship where, like, I, I want to... Um uh, I wanna win. I don't wanna just make the, the other person <laughs> happy, but I wanna win Christmas and sometimes I overdo it.
6: Yeah, and also you don't want to be the one that actually, oh my gosh, you spent so much on me and you know I hear I got you a nice pair of slippers. <laughs> you don't wanna <laughs> be that person, right? So you know, you try to just make sure you, you keep up with that, that crazy, crazy um, you know race to the finish. One other thing and I've done I've done this myself, don't shop where you're hungry you're tired, and don't shop with your kids. I mean, I've done that. What a nightmare. You'd end up buying the most expensive gift in the first store you see because that crying kid behind you or beside you is just not going to let you go anywhere else.
4: Okay, Laurie, Uh thank you for the advice with regards to not shopping when you're done because I've done that in the past. And Then you go, oh, you know, I'm already done, so I might as well, or I'm tempted to buy just one more thing. But what is it about this time of year we know – that January comes around, we have all sorts of New Year's resolutions. Many of them are around finances, but we're starting mm. off behind the eight ball to begin with because of the decisions we made in November and December. How do we avoid that?
6: Well, you know, you're so right. And I think part of it is a little bit of cart PM, right? Live for today. And how you avoid it is really to, to, to stick to a budget that you have, make sure that you put all the items that you that you need uh, for the holidays on that budget because the big surprise in the new year is that wow i forgot i spent this or i forgot i spent that or i didn't realize that i didn't have enough money in for a christmas tree for example so make sure you have everything you need on on that list, but also think about what the holidays really mean to you. And I always think that, you know, when I was a kid, I don't remember what I got most years, but I remember the, the family outings, I remember skating, the hot chocolate, the decorating the tree. So, what do you want the holidays to mean to you, and what special activities can you do that are cheap, if not free, that will bring great memories and don't cost you an arm and a leg?
3: The experience, right, Lori? I think, you know, there's dollars are really tight for many families out there. And if there's a way to do something with your kids and keep it, keep the moment big but the present small, that might be a better way forward.
6: Exactly. And, and you know, your kids will so much appreciate that. And you'll find out. When they get older, how much how how great those memories really were for them. So it's it's good advice, even if you do have all the money in the world, because you know those special memories are very important. But true, there's so many people that are tight this year. COVID's hit so many people so hard. There's been a number of of uh, difficulties, you know, with work and and with uh, you know the whole financial situation people are in. So. If you're struggling, get the help you need from a licensed insolvency trustee. Make sure you go to the right source so you don't get in, involved in some type of a scam and end up losing more money.
2: Laurie Campbell, financial expert with Bromwich & Smith, joining us live on 680 CJOB. Thanks for the tips.
6: My pleasure. Thank you.
2: It is 714 with Maclean McGarry McNabb. If you want to weigh in on how your Christmas shopping has gone so far, or if you've start, even started yet, 204 780-6868. <laughs> Mackling, McGarry, McNabb, we're going to talk travel restrictions in a moment. But before that, reminder, we're asking you to tell us about the time you realize you're getting old. 204-780-6868. Western, final tickets up for grabs based on those texts. We'll pick a winner at 9.15. Loren, what did Jordan have to say?
3: Okay, I don't know why this happens, but this does happen. And I don't think there's an age when it happens. But (laughs) Jordan says... I realized I'm getting old when my girlfriend and I were in the car going home and she said, do you want to grab something to eat before we get home? And I said, nah, we got food in the house. (laughs) And then Jordan says, I'm only
4: 27. I remember. (laughs) This happens. Oh, yes. I remember the first time I made steak and lobster for Jackie. We were dating and we sat down. We had this beautiful meal with Caesar salad and garlic bread and everything. And I said something like, do you know how much this meal would cost at the keg? And she looked at me. And she goes, "My dad says stuff like that all the time." <laughs> and then fast forward last weekend, we had bacon and eggs, hash brown. I did the whole thing, uh, big the big breakfast before curling on Sunday. And she goes, "I'm going to say it." Do you know how much this would have yeah. cost us at a restaurant? <laughs> and I said, there we go. It only took 17 years oh, but we're on the same page now. Finally.
3: <laughs> that's cute. I don't know why that happens or and what's the big deal? Like is it the money that's preventing you from going out? Or is it just the time to sit there? You just don't feel like being in an uncomfortable chair. You'd rather eat it on your couch. Like what is it, Brett?
2: Well, if someone you're not said, there,
3: maybe maybe you're not there yet. No, One definitely not.
2: Definitely not. I, 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 if someone says you want to grab some food on the way on the way home and playing some drive-through, I'm all over that. I'm okay, all good. over that. Plus, for me, like I remember even when I when I was craving hot dogs. I don't know if it was earlier this year or last year, but I was like, I'm going to make myself some hot dogs. I spent like fifty dollars on hot dog stuff just for me because I bought because I had to buy. I can't just buy three. You got to get however many uh, smokies are in the pack. And then I had to buy the bag of buns and I bought some bacon and I didn't have any condiments because I had run out of pretty much everything. So I needed mayo, mustard and ketchup. And then, by the, and then I needed some cheese. So like I, was, right. I was
4: basically out of everything. You and, had to buy everything required to open Brett's Hot Dog Restaurant. Yes. That's basically what you needed <laughs> it, to do.
2: It cost <laughs> me a lot of money. So, uh, yeah, I'm all over uh, going out. Uh, if someone says, let's stop somewhere, uh, you don't have to argue with me. I don't you care how much, how much food we have at the home. But that's a good one, Jordan. And thank you for your honesty. And keep those texts coming for a chance to win. Now. We got a couple of minutes here to ask you the question. Were you planning to travel over the holidays in the new year? Because there are new restrictions in place and they could change where or how you travel.
3: Or maybe just, you know, the rules that are coming back that we had, you know, several months ago are just making you think, I don't know if I can plan anything anymore because it just feels like this never-ending cycle. Because we now have full travel bans back in place to a growing list of countries, primarily in Africa. And then for anyone who is flying in and out of Canada, with the exception of the U.S., if you're flying anywhere... Outside of Canada, testing is now back on the table when you return and you have to self-isolate until those negative results are in. And so Anne Gaviola of Global News has more on what you need to know about travel and insurance if you've already booked or you're even thinking about making plans.
7: Omicron has the potential to throw a monkey wrench into your travel plans. Now, generally, if something comes up within the airline's control and your flight is cancelled, you're owed a full refund. But this new variant, which we're only starting to understand, doesn't fall into that category. So that's where travel insurance comes in. There are all different types. You have to be sure to read the fine print. There's some insurance that covers all cancellations regardless of circumstances, but that kind of insurance is hard to find and it'll cost you extra. Now, most insurance covers you unless the part of the world you're traveling to is suddenly deemed too dangerous by the Canadian government and that can render your insurance null and void. So here's another option if you're on the fence. You can pay extra for a flexible ticket. So if you decide to cancel ahead of your trip, you have the option to rebook sometime in the future. Anne Gaviola, Global News.
4: I know that when we went to California, we did something we'd never done before, and that was like triple check. What coverages do we have through work in terms of our extended health benefits program? What coverages did we have via our credit cards that we had booked our trip with? And then, on top of that, we just said, you know what? For the $8 a day for the Blue Cross, and we asked, okay, this covers this, that, and what else? Yeah, we'll take that as well. Had never, ever been over, quote-unquote, insured before, but I think we were going to California. But now, with all these changes, with the with the Omicron, I don't know if you can be too careful with that stuff.
3: No, but- and we have a listener, sorry, Brett, who's just asked, saying right now she's got tickets to Ireland she still hasn't used because of the past two years of questions right so it might not even be booking for the future it's stuff in the past you never even got to
2: question of the day at cjob.com for mr furnace don't call them first you'll see why call mr furnace 204 6243 all air travelers entering canada except from the u.s need to be tested for covid19 on, on arrival and isolate until receiving a result what do you think so far 63 percent say i'm okay with it 37 percent say not again cast your vote at cjob.com
7: I've never seen you
4: looking so lovely as you did tonight. I've never seen you shine so bright.
2: Lorraine, we've got another show announcement pertaining to what we're listening to. Who's coming to Winnipeg?
3: You're listening to Christopher, the legend of Robin Hood and other hits. Canadian Tour is coming to Winnipeg next year. It will be at the Centennial Concert Hall on Monday, May 2nd, 2022. This sounds like maybe a date night music. Tickets on sale Friday, December 10th, this year at 10 a.m. I don't know why I have to say this year. (laughs) Tickets on sale Friday, December 10th. That's next week and this year. And
4: Greg... What are we doing? Well, 2021 is this year, so why not say it? 2022 is next year, and we will have tickets to give away next week to make things even more complicated with this and next. His most famous song is, of course, "The Lady in Red, which reached number one in 47 countries. But what a storied career DeBerg has had. He released his 27th studio album this past September, The Legend of Robin Hood. We will have tickets
2: once again. The giveaway next week and a reminder we've got tickets to give away for in, in Conversation with the Sopranos so we'll do that probably at some point this hour with Mackling, McGarry and McNabb. In the meantime if you're between 12 and 17 or... Have a kid that age, new rules around vaccines will soon
4: be in effect. That's right. Starting December 6th, at least one dose of a vaccine or a recent negative test will be required for anyone in that age group looking to take part in indoor recreational sports loren
3: yeah so that testing won't be allowed at any of the provincial sites instead you're going to have to have it done and paid for at participating pharmacies and the goal really is it might maybe encourage more vaccinations or at least limit some of the spread but we have had texts from listeners saying hang on we're worried that this might impact just kids playing sports in general when these rules kick in on monday so we're joined now by peter woods executive director of hockey manitoba hi peter
2: sorry go ahead peter
8: yeah, no, uh, I'm here. Go ahead.
3: Thank you. Uh, wondering if you've heard from any leagues or teams who already have had kids drop out. What sort of impact has this had to date that you know of?
8: Well, fortunately, we probably have about eighty percent of our members that fall into that age category that already have already been vaccinated. So uh, we're dealing with you know the other twenty percent that have not been vaccinated. The particular at this particular time, and uh, they have certainly raised some concerns, a, a number of issues, and regarding that and on the costs it's involved where you can actually get the testing you know a lot of areas within our province don't uh, you can only get tested at a pharmaceutical so it's, there's a lot of small town manitoba that does not have a pharmacy within their particular town or were they aware when this was rolling out what the requirements were going to be so we're still looking for a little bit more clarification from public health on what the actual uh, um, criteria is and and how we're going to roll this out and uh, Uh, We've been waiting for that since uh, uh, when it was rolled out on the 12th of November, I believe. Uh, So it is a bit concerning that uh, we're only a few days away from uh, this going into effect, and we don't have the full understanding on, on some of the issues that we need to be dealing with.
4: So, Peter, are you concerned that in certain parts of the province, this may have a dramatic impact versus a minimal impact on the number of players, for instance, that a team may be able to ice?
8: Almost oh, certainly. I think we're well aware of certainly there's pockets within the, the province of Manitoba that are, uh, are uh, vaccination defiant. Um, I know uh, for, for a variety of reasons uh, what that might be, and that's a personal choice. That's up to them. And, and a number of those players have uh, expressed opposition or their family has expressed opposition to this, to this mandate. Um, and, uh, we will have to be looking at how we're going to match that appropriately, whether we're going to have to be merging teams or we're just going to have to go with less players that are participating in the sport, but, uh, it's de- definitely going to have an impact on the, the number of players that will be participating come Monday.
2: What about referees? I mean, is this going to have an impact on reffing? Cause lots of refs start off at age 12 and, uh, and referee is a part-time job.
8: Well, I think it's going to impact all of our members, uh, um, you know, we're already seeing a decline in the number of officials that have registered for clinics this year. Uh, and on top of this, is it's going to be impactful at all. We, we certainly understand the, the difficult situation that the provincial government and public health is in and managing 1.3 million people. And, uh, but we also have to recognize the value of what is involved in sports, uh, certainly from a, a mental and uh, physical aspect uh, for mental health which is important to everyone. So uh, uh, we have some challenges and we're just trying to do with those one at a time.
3: How are you sorting out who enforces this or who does the checks, Peter? And and by you, I just mean, you know, hockey and sport in general. Is it the team that's just going to have to ask or just wait for the forms? Is Is the rink or the rec facility responsible for now checking the IDs and vaccine status of 12 and up? I mean, what's your thoughts on that?
8: Well, certainly, uh, we've had to figure that out ourselves that to some degree. And from my understanding is that all 12 to 17s, regardless of what they will be doing in the facility, whether they'll be watching a game or whether they'll be participating in a game will be required to be vaccinated. So if the, uh, if the facility is already checking people that are coming in the door that aren't participating in the game, it will only make sense that they would be doing the same for the players that are participating in the game. So by default, uh, the way that the order is written, uh, the facilities should be responsible for checking everyone that comes into that facility. Uh, if it's not managed that particular way and we haven't got a full clarification on that, it uh, becomes very problematic because you have a number of different user groups that are using the facilities, as in ring add, as in hockey, uh, as entrepreneurs, uh, figure skating, et cetera. And you're going to get different applications and inconsistency on in how that's going to be applied. So that is a bit troubling. Uh, that we haven't got full clarification that with only two or three days left to go before the release or the impact of this particular uh, new regulation. Uh, But we figured that out ourselves, and that's how it should be managed.
4: All right, Peter, thanks for this. Uh, Obviously, I don't think this is going to be our final conversation on this topic, even though these regulations, these rules come into effect on Monday. We appreciate your time very much.
2: Thanks very much, guys. MacLing, McGarry, and McNabb, a reminder, we have Sopranos tickets to give away in conversation with the Sopranos. That's coming to Club Region Event Centre on March 5th, 2022. We just announced that this morning, and we'll give those tickets away before the end of this half hour. In our next half hour, we're giving away tickets for the Western Final based on your text messages on... The moment you knew you were getting old. Peter, for example, says, you know you're getting old when you can't find your false teeth in the morning. Not because you misplaced them, but because the grandchildren have them and they're playing with them.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Is that still a thing? Is
3: that a thing? Yeah, I (laughs) guess. Are there full sets of teeth that go in and out? Yeah.
4: Yeah. Absolutely. My grandmother okay. used to have uh, false teeth that she would put in a glass overnight. That sounds like a, the beginning of a Jeff Foxworthy joke. <laughs> you know you're getting old when <laughs> fill in the blank. Uh, it's funny
2: to hear that kids still like playing with the false teeth. I knew to stay away from my dad's. Oh yeah! So much as took a step near them, oh, they would be held thousands
4: pay. upon thousands of
2: dollars in that glass. <laughs> so keep those coming. We'll give away uh, those tickets at nine fifteen. But right now, we want to talk about uh, something far more serious, and that's the annual report card on child poverty. It's in, and Loren, the results are not good.
3: And they really haven't been for years, ever since they started collecting this data and making that promise to put an end to child poverty. The rate in Manitoba sits at 28.4%. But what's, uh, I think, additionally concerning about that number is the fact that child poverty, you know, food insecurity, it's even worse for kids under six. So 32% of preschoolers in this province live in poverty, and that's the highest level of any province in this country. Kate Keller is the executive director of the Social Planning Council. Good morning, Kate. Good morning. Good morning. We're working on this report off data from 2019. That's the most recent data we have from Statistics Canada. Given the pandemic, given the stresses that there have been for inflation and all the rest, is it conceivable that that rate might be actual actually higher and, and the rate's getting even worse month over month?
9: Yes, unfortunately, um, that's. That's We don't have that data, so we are looking and we're already looking and planning head on how we're actually going to evaluate that data because we do effect, uh, expect some fluctuations around CERB because of the CERB benefit and because of the other pandemic benefits. So it actually might appear to be deceptively better next year. But now that we know that government, the, the federal government is actually looking and clawing back income tax returns, um, GIS payments, and, that, and ending the, the, um, the benefits that they do have, um, we're expecting that you know over the longer period of time, it's actually going to be much worse because people are going to have less income than they had prior to the pandemic as they struggle to pay back the SERP.
4: Kate, I should ask you a, a very, you know, poignant question right now, calmly, coolly, and collected. But I, I'm I'm angry right now, reading this, thinking about this. Most, if not all, my adult life, we've been talking about child poverty and eradicating it and doing things to change that continually since and for as long as I can remember, Manitoba has been at the top of this list. Is there anything that can be done? What is it going to take to change this fact, let alone the narrative?
9: We have to tell our provincial government to actually use the levers that they have at their disposal to build on what the federal government has done through the CCB. Our report does indicate that when it was introduced in 2016, there was a a substantial drop in child poverty. We had also just implemented the Rent Assist Program here in uh, the province of Manitoba in 2015. So it did have an impact, but unfortunately, without any real um, investment by the province after that, We've seen the rates go back up again. So there are levers that the province has. We are encouraged that they signed the uh, childcare, um, the childcare uh, early learning um, uh, uh, deal. Sorry, deal with the federal government. We're encouraged by that. But even if people are talking about ten dollars a day. If you're a family living in poverty with three kids, ten dollars a day even isn't affordable. Uh, so we need, a, you know, we need to look at that and see what a sliding scale could look like for pa- for families based on an income level. There are all sorts of other things. Like we need to ma- we need to raise our minimum wage to a living wage. A, a single parent with one child start after working 40 hours a week for the year is below the poverty line. That is simply not something that we can justify in our society.
2: Can you tell us about the situation in some parts of northern Manitoba?
9: Well, that's, you know, that's... When you look at that number, 64% of the kids in northern Manitoba live in poverty. Um, and it's like, I don't... I'm as angry as you are with that. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what to do. Obviously, food insecurity is a huge issue in the north. The cost of food—I don't know if you've ever been to the smaller communities, the First Nations communities. The cost of food is astronomical up there. So this is this is something that, you know, we are actually depriving these children on a on a daily basis, and we have to realize that affects us all. When children, and you mentioned the idea of children under under three, sorry, under the age of six, the one in three Manitoban children live in poverty under the age of six. That's an atrocious figure. But if you just want to look at it from a pragmatic point of view, that affects their ability to develop. That affects everything going forward in their lives. And we see this. We keep saying we pay for poverty, but we pay for it at the back end. We pay for it in child and family services. We pay for it in children who cannot um, cannot access or make the most of the education system that we have they have poor health outcomes, they have mental health issues, and unfortunately, too many of them end up, end up in the criminal justice system.
3: Is there anyone in any part of this country doing it right when it comes to addressing that inequity with northern parts of their province, Kate? I have been to some of those fly-in communities before, and I remember saying, oh, that's a, like, a lot of, all these chips were coming off the plane, and the one of the pilots commented, well, that they're cheaper to fly in because they weigh less, right? Because it's all about weight and moving things in. And so the, the, the nutritious stuff is not getting to people, let alone anything else, because not just that they can't afford it, the cost of it is astronomical just to eat healthy for lots of people, let alone when you have those added costs to northern Manitoba. So is any province providing some sort of uh, subsidy for that or fixing or working to fix that? Because we've been also talking about that for decades.
9: Well, you know, there is the Food North program, but that is, that's the federal government for, nor- for northern communities. Um, but it's not, it's not available in all communities. I happen to have lived in a Iqaluit. And even we had to rely on that because the cost of food was, was astronomical up there. So there are, there are programs like that, and that's what we point to. We have to say, look, the cost of milk in Pucketawagan needs to be the same as it is in Winnipeg. Like, it just has to be. So that's we need to look at those kind of subsidized programs. So I can't speak to another uh, to other provinces um, except to look at what their rates and the fact that their rates they some of them are doing better. They are actually investing in pro in programs that will that are they're bringing their rates down. Unfortunately, Manitoba is bucking the trend and and um, moving up. Uh, the other thing that we want to point to is the um, Manitoba also is bucking a trend in that we actually saw income of higher earners in Manitoba go up, whereas the lowest income earners here in Manitoba actually lost ground. So people in, who actually are actually earning $25,000 or less actually had less after taxes. So we have to do something about income disparity as well.
2: Kate Keeler, Executive Director of the Social Planning Council, joining us live on 680 CJOB to discuss the annual report card on child poverty. Kate, thank you very much for this. Thank you for the time. Appreciate it. Mackling, McGarry and McNab. in our next segment, deliberations shall be complete We have tickets to give away for the Western final based on your text messages on the moment you knew that you were getting old. Like when you were feeling old. Like Becky, who texted us to say, I know I'm getting old when I visit my nine-year-old niece. She uses words and I have no idea what they mean. I like to think I keep up on current trends, but hanging out with younger people (laughs) makes me feel so old and out of touch. I was looking at a video uh, from one of my Instagram Friends, one of the people I follow, and she was uh, talking about her outfit, and she was saying that she was looking snatched, and um, I had to look it up, and I felt so felt so stupid. I mean, it, it just means looking good. Oh boy! But apparently, you know, I don't know if you, you ever you heard the term eyebrows on fleek. That's oh. that's about ten years old now. I think. Yeah. I, I yes.
4: Yeah. Is that a Kardashian thing or something? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, and does
3: that mean you look good?
2: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, if your eyebrows are on fleek, it means it looks good. But apparently snatched is like, a, like the evolution of that somehow. So I don't know. Fascinating I'm, stuff. I'm clearly out of the loop as well. So, so Becky.
4: We're in that group. <laughs> I,
2: I feel you, Becky. I get it. So keep those coming for a chance to win. We'll give them away in our next segment. But uh, right now, we want to talk about a couple of things. Hey, it's December. Uh, so it doesn't just mean it's the annual Snow parking ban, which is now in effect, but a couple of things are going to pop, start popping up today. I know, Loren, I, I believe I interpreted correctly in saying that you were lamenting the return of the elf on the shelf.
3: Listen, I like Elfie, <laughs> and when he makes an appearance every December 1st, I'm like, oh my gosh, where have you been? How'd you get into my home? Why are you taped to the fridge? Like, it's great what he does, <laughs> or she does, and the kids love it. Love Elfie's crispy spirit. It's got a sense of adventure. Um, But Elfie keeps us busy for 24 days leading up to one of the busiest times of year. You know, there's a lot. I got paint on my fridge right now that uh, Elfie left there, and that has to get cleaned. And then who knows what he's going to do tomorrow, what he'll think up of. And that's challenging. And then... I like the Advent calendar. We grew up with them as well. And and for us, when I was growing up, it was more of a religious thing. And now they've evolved. And we stick with the basic. You know, you open up a little door and you get a chocolate. But man, like the, the Advent season, if it's it's really become a thing. I don't know if you guys have friends who get really into this or they do gifts for their kids or maybe it's a beer advent calendar for the husband, but like, you could spend hundreds of dollars on these things.
4: Well, so first, let me start with this, Loren. Let me start yeah. with this. Sorry to interrupt you. No, please. But for you...
3: Gonna, I could keep, I listen, I could go on.
4: <laughs> for you to call that what came out of the advent calendars I grew up with chocolate, you're being very generous. Yeah, you're right.
3: It, it was terrible. It doesn't taste like chocolate. Maybe it does now, but when I was a kid, it was like well, it was like those Loony chocolates you used to get that you'd unwrap with the Loony tin foil, like oh, the
4: I can always remember the one with the Santa face, right, or something. And yeah, it to call it chocolate, very, very generous on your part. I'm on the Body Shop website right now, and they have something that is called the Share the Love Big Advent Calendar, and this thing looks like a mixture. <laughs> of a jack-in-the-box and uh, a jewelry box combined with some sort of puppetry theater here and a pop-up book. It's absolutely unbelievable. For just $193... You can count down to Christmas Day with the 25 body-loving treats hidden inside our Share the Love big advent calendar. It goes on and on and on. We're talking about the store of the body shop, right? Not the strip club? <laughs> well, hang <laughs> on. do you know anything about that <laughs> there, other thing? There, talking about
2: there,
3: that. <laughs> there's a store called, I saw this saw the other day. Uh, someone was advertising it. Love Honey. And it's an advent calendar for men that is um, toys for the bedroom. Oh. And it's like... They're selling it on. I'm looking at it now. It's got. It's worth three hundred and thirty dollars, and you only pay one fifty. Like it just feels like we've really gone well, let's a get long two, way. Then. <laughs> well, <laughs> There's like so. There's a. <laughs> you can
7: Matthew feel calendar. McNabb blushing over <laughs> the microphone.
3: Absolutely, it's got the heat has risen right up my back right now. I don't even know what I'm looking at. If I'm being honest, <laughs> I would have, I thought this was a clock. Like I don't. I don't know what toys i'm looking
2: at oh yeah okay (laughs) this would be a very spicy month of december for sure
3: there's a marvel calendar like an advent calendar you can get brett that has like it's i think it's the 80th anniversary of marvel or something so each door would have a new marvel toy in it like oh fun no it's a lot like you know what just happened to just the build up to the 25th
2: well, I know. If, I know Hal was recently, uh, he photographed himself uh, hugging his ad- Advent calendar. He's got uh, uh, an Advent calendar of cheese. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they really do have everything. Now, Loren, when you mentioned that the Advent calendar for you was religious, was it just chocolate or like what was in the calendar?
3: Well, I just what it, so it, it, I'm trying to remember now. I think it definitely had Santa and stuff on it, so that's not the religious aspect of it. Okay. I just mean growing up, hmm. the uh, the the countdown to Christmas and the Advent calendar and the Advent wreath had a significant days attached to them. You right. know, so you'd like light a candle every Sunday, and you had the purple, purple, pink, purple candles, and they had meanings to them. And so, I, I want to say it was maybe started off as a Lutheran tradition, the Advent calendar, but um, but. But it was the, the, the beginning, the origins were religious. And like a lot of things, it just has become really commercialized. Again, I like it. I'm doing it. My kids have it. But it's still the cheapo chocolate, Brett. Like, there's just not going to be a Marvel toy and a present under the tree every single morning. Because, look, Elf's already messing up the house.
4: Yeah, the 12 days of Christmas is expensive enough. You don't need to throw in the 24 days of Advent.
3: But hang on. I did just see a wine calendar that nobody Whoa. told me about, so.
4: The rules are changing yeah. suddenly. <laughs> I'm back,
2: baby. <laughs> it is 913 on 680 CJOB. Let us know what kind of Advent calendar do you have or do you want? Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we're asking you at 204-780-6868 to tell us about a moment where you realize you're getting old for a chance to win tickets for the Western Final. Like Catherine, who says, when I was bartending and was checking IDs, checking IDs, I realized I was now old enough to be a customer's mom. Mm. Mick says, I knew I was getting old when my back was going out more than I was. The <laughs> stairs to my apartment kept getting higher and higher. Yes. Linda says, you know you're getting older when your joints make more noise than an off-balance water. Washing machine. Oh man! Uh, so there are a couple of examples. We are in a bit of a conundrum here uh, because we have made it to air and have not decided. I think who it's is the our last
3: winner. name in the wheel, but you guys can deliberate that. I'm going to share one from Michelle that she texted to me personally because I can relate to this when I have to turn down music in the car so I can see better. <laughs> <is> too loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. So you can concentrate can I, a little what bit. What does that more?
3: have to do with it? You're like, turn down the music. Yep. I need to. Like, like, it helps me see better. Oh, I laughed at that because I got there recently. Ooh.
2: That's yeah, good. yeah. I find them doing that. It's it's like that, that shot in Ghostbuster where it's like where he said, tells them to be quiet, and then he says, "Do you smell something?" Is that how it goes? <laughs> yeah, oh, hang on. Right. Do you smell something? Like what? But you got sometimes you got to tune everything else out so you can focus in on another one. Uh, Loren, you pointed out a Jets text uh, on leaving the game early.
3: Well, I knew I was getting old, the last Jets game a few weeks ago, I took my boy to watch the Jets and Oilers. It was a great time, great game. I looked at the clock and said to my boy, well, there's six minutes left. We should get going to beat the rush. (laughs) We'll listen to the rest of the game on the radio. The look on his face after thinking, yep,
4: I am getting old. You can't beat the traffic. You just can't? No, that's, that's, no. Is it a myth? No, no. Oh, no, you can beat it, but you just shouldn't. Oh. Yeah, at the Blue Bomber games in Section S, we would shake our keys yes. at people and sing the song, Beat the traffic, beat, beat the traffic, beat the traffic, beat, beat the traffic. And I've told this story.
3: It was a few years ago. I think it was a game against Calgary. when We were down, and there was like two minutes left of the game. I think we were down by two touchdowns, and we left and then we get in the car and we can hear the crowd roar and then we hear bob unbelievable we're like yep. what and then we're just furious with ourselves that Good. We just assume, yeah and never again lesson
2: learned g <laughs> uh, mac before we read our winning text mike off henderson had a had a painted a painful
4: picture here yes he said <laughs> the moment i felt old i threw my back out attempting to get off the toilet. I was at home alone and couldn't move from the pain, waiting for the pain to subside. My legs fell asleep, which only compounded the problem, and that had me thinking of Lethal Weapon 2 and when Murtog stuck on the toilet because there's a bomb. <laughs> anyway, and his legs fall asleep. Anyway, thanks, Mike. You, you sent us off in several directions with that text.
2: But our winner is Jeff, who says a couple of years ago, Guns and Roses were here. Me and the wife went to the concert. Halfway through the concert, it being loud and all, wife gives me a nudge and says to me, Honey, I'm old. I looked at her and smiled and said, Honey, I'm old too. But isn't this great? She looks at me and punches me in the chest and yells, Honey, I said I'm cold! She wasn't really happy with me after that. (laughs) Jeff, congratulations I'm
6: old too,
4: honey (laughs) You're going to the Bomber game Western (sighs) final (laughs) Yeah, you think she was cold at that Guns N' Roses concert in August at IG Field? Wait till Sunday, Jeff
2: (laughs) And uh, we're pretty socked in here Just looking out the window can't really see much. 30th floor, 201 Portage. Normally a nice view, but right now it's just basically fog, haze, cloud, whatever. Um, just before we introduce our next guest, and we are super excited to introduce you to this Winnipeg sports super fan. We got a couple of texts here that we wanted to share. One has to do with dentures, and Greg, uh, we'll get you to read that from Arvid in a moment. But Loren, uh, looks like one's been slipped in... Just after the deadline, and Greg has pointed it out, slipped in. Get it, Loren? (laughs) I get it. I uh, like it. So what does this one uh, say, Loren, regarding Country Fest?
3: Okay, I'm reading this cold. Country Fest 2014, trying to impress the younger generation. I injured myself slip and sliding on my first attempt. Missed every concert after as I could not move. Went to three different hospitals. I tore the ligaments in my my rib cage. They kept me overnight. My wife came to check up on me in the morning. She said the nurses were laughing, reading my chart as she walked by the front desk. desk. I now have a doctor's note not to slip and slide not as good as I once was as Toby Keith is singing right now.
2: Well done. Oh, boy. That w- oh that must have been embarrassing, but thank you for sharing that. Uh, hey, at least you tried, right? You, you tried to hold on to your youth <laughs> and realize maybe not so much. Um, and that was because we were asking you to tell us about a time where you realized you were getting old, and one of those stories had to do with dentures and the grandkids playing with the dentures and GMAC Arvid telling us uh, a great story on dentures. Uh, who is Arvid, by the way? Arvid
4: Lowen. He is the a world champion, long-distance cyclist. He raises money for kids in Africa. He has bottled the fountain of youth somehow. And uh, he, he sent me an email to say, I heard your story about dentures. Here's one of mine. A number of years ago on a training ride, just a training ride, guys, from BC to Winnipeg. This is on his bicycle. I stopped at the Tim Hortons in Moose Jaw for porridge and coffee. Shortly after getting back on the bike, I had to cough, which led to some serious gagging, etc. Long story short, 15 minutes later, I put my water bottle in my mouth, bit on the valve to open it, only to find out the bottle came out. I tried it a second time. That is when I discovered that my dentures were gone. I searched the side of the TransCanada in vain. This year, I was driving there in my car. I put my new dentures in the ditch. My son videotaped me, quote-unquote, finding them. Our grandkids love the story. Some are questioning the miraculous outcome. Others bought it totally. My dentures are a constant amazement to our 11 grandkids. Thank you, Arvid. with Mackling McGarry McNabb
2: on Wednesday. But hey, Sunday is going to be a very special day for many Winnipeg sports fans because the Blue Bombers take on the Rough Riders at 3 p.m. at IG Field. And then at 7, it's the Jets versus the Leafs.
3: Yeah, and as much as I want to boo that last game, uh, and I hate to admit it, that game is huge. I know there are a ton of Leafs fans in this province in addition to our Jets fans. So <sighs> a lot of people will also be looking to go to that game or watch that game to cheer for the Jets on top of cheering for the Bombers. And if you're someone who's planning on hitting both games in person, Greg, I think it's fair to say that there's maybe some good sleep you need the night before Mm -hmm. and a little bit of planning that will have to happen.
4: Yeah. And perhaps about booking off Monday might not be a bad idea (laughs) either. Jeff Baccaran is, has been going to bomber games since he was about 10 years old. So he has four decades of memories for the last 10 (laughs) years. He's been a season ticket holder for both the bombers and jets and Sunday. He's got a full day plan. Jeff, welcome to the start. Hi there, everyone. How are you guys doing? We're doing really well. Now, Now these doubleheaders were a piece of cake back in the day when the Jets and Bombers played across Maroons Road from one another and Winnipeg Enterprises was in, integrally a, a part of both franchises. Now the facilities are, you know, one's downtown, one's at the U of M. There's a lot more planning involved here. So uh, tell us, what is your strategy?
0: Well yeah it's uh, it's too bad. it couldn't be like it was back in the old days when you could just walk across the street. but um, yeah you know when when the schedules came out uh, for both teams this year, one thing I look for is the um, any overlap or any conflict. And of course with the playoffs, you know there's there was a potential conflict with either the semifinal or the uh, or the final. So as far as trying to get to both games, uh, at first, it didn't look promising because you had the the, the East final started at, or what? Well, sorry, the West final was at 3:30 originally, mm-hmm. and the Jet game was at six o'clock. So, I think, how am I going to make both game or get to the opening faceoff of the Jet game on time? Uh, so, luckily, you know everything got moved uh, with the times, and now it's just a matter of trying to get to both places. So, uh, you know, a few days ago, I was kind of thinking, you know, uh, as far as to get. To, to both games, I would just probably park my car downtown early Sunday morning, and then just you know head back towards the uh, the stadium and you know, go to the the tailgate party where I uh, occasionally tailgate with a bunch of uh, people the uh, the armchair tailgate uh, group that's going on uh, this Sunday. So that part was taken care of, and now of course the Bombers mentioned that they were going to put a, or have a shuttle in place uh, for those going to the Jet game. So. As soon as the final whistle goes and we win the game, uh, I'll just hop on the bus and uh, just race over to uh, the arena to catch the Jets and Leafs, and hopefully we'll win that game too.
2: What are you going to do with all the winter gear that you're going to be wearing?
0: <laughs> well, it's going to be lots of layers. Uh, probably not, not not thick, thick layers. Maybe some thin layers. But uh, you know, uh, I mean, inside the arena, it gets it gets kind of cool as well. So I think. You know, I'll, I'll just leave them all on and, uh, and and just and just deal with it then. So on TV
3: Sunday night, I'll just look for the guy sweating in the stands. Is that
0: <laughs> <laughs> you have to that... look way way up? I, I I sit in the the nosebleeds right. Well, I guess not so much nosebleeds like the old arena, but uh, I I sit I sit in the very top row. So.
4: Ah,
3: I, that's all right. I used to be the second last row, Jeff, so that's okay. I, I'm curious for you, what's what does Sunday mean? Like, obviously, it's just such a huge deal for the Bombers. We would love them to emerge victorious from that game. And I, I'm not a Leafs fan, but I get that the, that game can be super fun to watch. Like, are you have you been looking at and eyeing this date on the calendar for weeks now? What's the anticipation in the lead-up?
0: Well, you know, I, I think it's uh, looking at, uh, I guess, as soon as the Bombers clinched, uh, first place, um, you know it's 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 going to be a a great day for any Winnipeg sports fan. Uh, you got both home teams playing, and you know it. If we, when when both when both teams win, it's just going to be one big celebration. That's for sure. I mean, and hopefully the weekend after when we win the Great Cup, it'll be even you know ten times as big. Uh, gosh, I I really don't know what to say it's. Uh, it's just going to be uh, a lot of fun, uh, uh, and uh, it's just going to be one
4: great time. Well, clearly Jeff is not superstitious. Um, he's not even a little bit stitious, <laughs> I apparently. I almost
3: hung up on him. I was like, stop. Don't, don't go into next <laughs> Sunday,
4: Jeff. Just one
0: day at a time. That's Did right. you not listen to Coach well, O'Shea? Yeah, that's true. I shouldn't be looking out too far ahead. There we go. There so, we go. One, one, one can't help, I guess.
4: Yeah no and and that's fair and I was trying to think back to the last time this happened I know the Jets and Bombers played on the same day uh, a couple times already this year but at exactly the same time and then back the first season that the Jets came back, uh, there was a game against Montreal on a Saturday, and then uh, Carolina Hurricanes were in town Saturday night. And I can remember uh, standing at the very end, the south side of the West End stands, waiting for that game to conclude, and then sprinting to my car to get downtown to get to that game. But I was I also... That very well, too, yeah. There you go. And my buddy Steve has actually got a frame commemorating uh, being at both games. But I was trying to think back... I was sure I was at a Jets game following uh, a West or a prob- prob- uh, pardon me an East Division final championship, and I think I found it. 1990, the Blue Bombers beat the Toronto Argonauts to go to the 1990 Grey Cup. That was November 18th. That incredible run by uh, by Tom Burgess. Up the middle to set up Troy Westwood's game-winning field goal. The Bombers win 2017, and then that night the St. Louis Blues were in town, and the Jets won four to three. Yep, that's right. go- were you there at both those games?
0: Well, I, I was. I was at the West or uh, the East final that uh, that afternoon. And just to correct you, it was Trevor Kenner that kicked the field goal, not Troy Westwood.
4: Oh, that's right. Thank you very yeah. much. <laughs>
3: We found the two guys who have, like, the craziest memories, Brett. We should just put them <laughs> in a vault together.
2: <laughs> hey, Jeff, Greg mentioned, uh, you know, maybe taking Monday off wouldn't be a bad idea. I wanted to ask you this as a, you know, longtime football fan, and on the subject of, you know, feeling old, maybe this is going to make me sound old. You know, the, why can't we go back there? Why can't we do things a little differently? But uh, I'm just wondering, like, we the CFL most of the season it's Thursdays, Fridays and Saturdays and then we get to the playoffs right. and they have the games on Sunday. Uh yeah. would you per, do you prefer that or would you like rather see that game happen on a Saturday?
0: Well, you know, it's talking with some people whether it's you know online or in person. Uh, I mean, traditionally football is a Sunday a Sunday game, uh, as, far as, the, as far as the pros are concerned. I mean, college has their Saturday games and all that. But, you know, the CFL is, to have those playoff games, you're competing on, with the NFL on a, on a Sunday. Uh, if, you're, if you're trying to, you know, maximize your, your fan base right there, I, I think, personally, it would be best if you did have it on a Saturday. Uh, I mean, mind you, I don't know how many people in Winnipeg watch uh, U.S. college ball uh, on Saturdays, but I think to have the CFL playoff games on a Saturday, uh, you're probably going to get more people to to watch those games and maybe even get more people to go to go to those games. Uh, right there, because uh, yeah, to, to compete with the NFL, that's a,
4: that's a pretty big task right there. Mm. Our listener Donna just pointed out something that I hadn't realized. This is this is big stuff. It's actually going to be Blake Wheeler's 1,000th NHL game on Sunday night. Yeah, so it you... is
0: actually and that actually I was asked by the Jets to do uh, uh I guess uh several several fans were supposed to be asked to uh do a little video uh shoot of them but unfortunately that got canceled too. So yeah, it is it is going to be a big night. Uh yeah, the, the bombers the jets and now blake blues 1000 game. Yeah, it'll be huge.
3: Have fun, Jeff.
0: Oh, I definitely will. <laughs> I definitely will.
2: Did you in fact take Monday off from work?
0: No, I'm going to be here on Monday. Attaboy, boy, Jeff. Hardcore. We're, we'll call you at six, Jeff. the boys on the field. There you go.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, back around, joining us live on 680 CJOB. He's going to the Bomber game, he's going to the Jets game, and he's going to work the next day. Jeff, thanks for joining us. We appreciate this very much.
0: You're welcome. Thank you very much.